This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 76, recorded on November 5th, 2014. On today's show, professional development for camp pros. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you could show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com slash camphacker. And by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality camp experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at campownersanddirectors.com. And by Camp Easy. To save on your listing in a camp directory that parents love, use the code CAMPHACKER for 70% off the price of a full camp registration. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. Hello, Camp Pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I run a blog and a podcast network about running a great summer camp at camphacker.tv. And my name is Gabrielle, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Oro, which is an all-girls camp situated in the Laurentians in Quebec. And my name is Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center, which is a summer camp and retreat facility in southwestern Ontario, located about halfway between Detroit and Toronto. Well, welcome to the show, you two. Uh, we're sorry that Dan couldn't be here today, but uh, we got called into a meeting, so we're not, we're not able to get Dan on. Um, I, I should say, right from the very start, we love having extra co-hosts come and join us and we have had a crew of people who some have come regular some have been one or two times but if you ever want to be on the show please email me travis at camphacker.tv because i know that one of the most consistent pieces of feedback we've had is that people love it when we bring on guests and um, get different perspectives so if you want to be on the show you don't have to do there's not a lot of technical stuff involved in it you really just have to be able to use skype to do it so we certainly invite you to do that the other thing I would say in terms of, of housekeeping stuff is that if you um, have learned anything from the show, appreciated what has what you've taken from this, or or want to say thank you to our co-hosts, then I invite you to go to camphacker.tv slash love, and that will put out a tweet um, saying that you appreciate the show and maybe help us get some more people who listen. And uh, we're really very grateful about that. So we appreciate any help that you can give us. Today's topic uh, is about camp culture and how we build a culture that helps sustain camp and helps us bring in more campers and and attract great staff and give that thing to our camps that makes them unique and special. Many of us can say we have swimming, canoeing, arts and crafts, um, but I think it's the culture that really sets us apart. It's the thing that is the magical part of what we do. And when people tell stories about what happened to them because of summer camp, I really think it's most often the culture that comes up in those discussions. And Joe, this was an idea that you had presented. Did you have a, a particular question or thought that you wanted to start us off with? Well, as what I had said is that, you know, how to create and sustain a camp culture in a non-full-time staffed facility. I think this 
I think this discussion could go towards full-time staffed facilities, which it's it's a lot easier to create um, right. a culture. But I was thinking of my home camp. So my home camp is Kenesari Camp. Um, my brother's currently the chair of the board there, and, and we've talked a lot in the past couple of years about that culture and, and the, or the lack thereof of a, a culture um, that is positive and sort of moving forward. And so it's, it's really how to pass on um, the best of our culture and how to really promote the use of what we do as a camp um, and those little tips and tricks for creating a, a lasting culture. So um, it's one of those things that, that I think about a lot because our culture here is very much uh, based, on, based on being able to do whatever we want. That's, that's sort of the culture that, that we've created. And part of that is really having people understand that change is a good thing. Years ago when I was at the Taylor Staten camps, I had a chat with Mike Sladden, who was uh, the owner of Pathfinder at the time. And, um, and uh, he, he said in one of his talks early in the summer, in one of his morning moment talks, he, he talks about how change is part of their culture. Thus, people get it into their i into their head that when he introduces new things, it's just natural that it's that it's part of their culture. So, it's not at at some of the camps where you've been around for eighty or ninety or a hundred years, it's much harder to change things because people are like that's not the way we do it. But if you create change as part of that culture, it's much easier. And so, that's the first step I would suggest to anybody and to any camp is to really build change in as part of the culture and part of the interview process and part of the, the staff training and part of the evaluations is how can we make it better? What can we change to make things better? What do we, how do we change to stay relevant? Mm -hmm. That's really one of my keys. And, and my staff, my summer staff recently went through the, the back on track program, which we'll talk about later in the show as a tool of the week. And I wasn't sitting in on it, but Ika ran it, and she said that um, what I what I said to her beforehand is I said make sure they understand again we can change whatever we want mm -hmm. like we we are not attached to the we're not attached to, pretend we're not attached to anything pretend we can we can redo the whole thing and then she looks at me and says except meal times and I said well the meal times we need to we need to work within um, to get our our cook on and off the site at, we need to set those times, but anything else could change. <laughs> uh, so I think change for us is, is one of those things that if you've, once you build that into culture, bringing in new things to add to culture is much easier because then there's not the resistance from people. It, um, that philosophy, Joe, of, of, um, of being prepared for and constantly looking for and thinking about change reminds me a lot of um, the work that Jack Schott and I have done on the Kaizen mentality. We had a podcast a couple of years ago about thinking like Toyota, about looking for, for constant ways to change and, and make small continuous improvements. And that idea of small continuous improvement is the, the Japanese word Kaizen's come to symbolize that. And, um, that that philosophy also helps to understand to go into it thinking that nothing is holy nothing is going to be that we're willing to examine everything and at least be able to need to be able to justify ourselves um just justify everything we are doing and one of the lenses to look at that with this kaizen philosophy is looking for waste and so if you are 
if you are look open to the idea and getting PS getting past, but this is how we've always done it, then you're you're able to look for waste in money, in time, and human resources are the big three issues there. And that once you start to look for waste and be willing to change, then then culture um, comes with it because you you develop this culture exactly like you said of being open to to change. Yeah, and I think when when you're willing to examine what is working and what isn't working, and even what is working but can change, I think it, it creates. And I remember that episode with Jack, and and it's a lot easier to institute new things when they're willing to look at everything differently. Um, churches have a quote, and I believe I heard this quote from. Uh, um, Jim Penner is it Jim Penner who yeah. used to speak for um Jim said you know the 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 dying words of any church are we don't do it that way right <laughs> right or <laughs> uh we don't we don't do that um and and so it's it's that's always stuck in my head cuz he spoke at a, a united church conference i attended in at five oaks years ago and and i was um it, it was very prevalent that if that's your whole philosophy we don't do anything new then that's fine. You know, the world changes with or without you. It's not going to care. You can never step into the same river twice. So, you know, if you want to be that camp, that, that's fine. Go ahead for however long you're going to be around. And, and Travis, you do a talk on, on uh, you know, the end of summer camp or the death of summer camp. And, and it's the same. People who are unwilling to change leads to, leads to a, a slow dying off of that, that camp's culture. Right. And Gab, I'm going to come to you, I promise, but I just have one thought to wrap up this that Joe just said. Um, the, or maybe I don't. <laughs> I'll think about what that was going to be. <laughs> and Gab, how do you feel about camp culture? <laughs> maybe it was too genius. <laughs> I'll come back to you later. Um, no, I, I'm on the, I'm on the same mentality. Um, Oro's been around for over 90 years now, and um, there was definitely that saying, uh, we don't do it that way. It was more, um, that's the war way, was, was actually the, uh, the saying. Yeah. And um, I, think, I, think there's, I think when we start talking about change, sometimes uh, some people get a little bit nervous because they think that what, we're, what you're actually talking about is the core of your organization. And I think that change is not there to shift the core of your organization. It's there to support and it's there to reinforce. And, um, it's just like doing improvements on a house. You know, you just don't, you don't build it once and then there you go, you've done it's, it's finished. It's, there's improvements, there's foundation that you need to, you know, check regularly. Um, obviously my father's a carpenter and I use a lot of carpentry analogies, but I think that, I think that asking yourself, why do we do this? What's the reason behind it? Um, what What's the point? Uh, is a very important place to start. And if you have staff members that are unwilling to uh, accept certain changes, um, it's worth it to ask why are they on your team? You know. So I think it, you really are looking at your team first and saying, who Who's here to keep us moving forward and keeping the core values? Um, accessible to our campers and to our families and and who's having a hard time with with accepting these these changes and a difference between accepting 
that's okay if you have a hard time accepting, but are you, do you still believe in the core values, you know? So, I, you know, a lot of the time um, directors say, well, my staff would never go for that. It's kind of like, we, <laughs> who's your staff working for? Right. And you have yeah. to have the vision in the end. Um, and we had to, we lost a lot of staff a, a, long, a while ago and we need, need to make some serious changes in our camp. But, you know, we're, we're so much better for it. And those staff members that didn't come back are now, you know, part of our alumni and, and excited about what we're doing today. And they just, it was a little bit too difficult for them at that, at that point. And um, change is difficult. We know that. But it's because it's threatening something that everybody thinks is going to change hmm. uh, our core values. And you have to ask yourself, well, why would it? You know, why would it change our core values? Isn't it supporting it? So I think as a, as a leader, you need, you need to be the one that's looking at um, what needs to keep you current. And it doesn't mean that you're letting your campers tweet throughout camp, though maybe that's a really good thing to do. I don't know, but not don't close the door at it. Just talk about it, I think, you know. so. And Travis, you did a great session last year um, about those type of things and just sort of, looking at your camp and, and marketing and, and some staff and some directors had a very hard time with accepting what you had to say, but it's not about accepting. It's just about talking about it and seeing if it, if it fits with you and why. Right. 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 So maybe we, we skipped over a step in this discussion. Um, because we, we've talked about sort of implementing a core value or, or what could become a core value, but um, maybe part of, of a good place for a camp to start with this discussion within themselves is to identify what are their core values so that you're able to um, then evaluate the changes. So if you're, maybe one of your core values is change, but I would say maybe that's like a core attitude but you know that the value is something. It's putting campers first. It's um, you know being willing to do anything possible to make sure campers have a good time. Or um, I know Laura Kugel from Camping Coast to Coast often talks about finding the way to say yes to a camper. Um, but you have to have core values in place to ha- develop that as a culture. Um, so, Joe, what would you say are the core values at, at Pierce Williams? Well, I think for summer camp, it, it's it's separating the two out. Right. We have a summer camp and a tree facility. And for summer camp, it's really getting our staff to buy onto that one line job description is our core value. Okay. And that job description is to do what needs to be done to show the campers the most amazing summer camp experience. Our staff can recite that wrote and this comes from a Michael Brandwine talk that if he you know if he shows up at a camp and he was to go up to five different camp counselors why would they say they're there and oftentimes you'll have five different answers as to why they're there with this one line job description what you get is people understand that's exactly why they're here to do what needs to be done to show the campers the most amazing summer camp experience i think that's a huge core value for us for us as a christian camp also doing that in a in a godly manner as well in a in a way that is that is um that reflects well on our Christianity base and and how we teach kids about who Jesus is and who God is. That's all part of our core values. And getting getting those things in place certainly has built up the staff the staff culture. When I arrived ten years ago, we went through the same thing. That there were a bunch of staff here, and and that 
were just misguided at that moment in time in their camp careers because of a lack of proper leadership over a, a few years or a lack of uh, the ability to learn those things. It's hard to say. You don't want to disparage people who came before you, but it's one of those things where the the people believe that when they're at camp for that summer, because a lot of staff spend one, two, or three summers at camp and then they're done. And a lot of people believe that when they're at camp for those summers, their culture is strong and their culture is healthy. It's us as camp directors or as board members who look at a culture and see the issues. And and a lot of those issues come through through camper numbers going down or through the, the health of a business not being healthy because you have you don't have those camper numbers. And so when you say to staff, your culture sucks, in that blunt language, sometimes those staff are like, no, it doesn't. Mm. And, and what I've found over 10 years here is that the, those people now see what is going on now. And they're like, what's happening now is amazing. Right. And there's nothing. Yeah. And there's nothing to say that we didn't positively affect kids in 2005 and 2006. It's just, we're doing a much better job of affecting positively affecting more kids now. And that's the that's the end goal is that you you want to reach so many more kids and you want to positively affect their lives. It's like them. I I have a I used to watch motivational speakers and I will this weekend at a conference I'm going to and some motivational speakers when you talk to them believe that when they go into that gymnasium or that presentation they're going to touch everybody's life in that they're going to change everybody's life in their talk and. I was always, no, like, you know, if there's a hundred or 200 or 2000 people, if I truly affect change with one or two of those people, then I've done my job to believe that after you motivate them, this is always my thing about motivational, after you motivate them, that motivation might only last for a day or two days or three days. What you want to do is change your perception. You want to change the way they think. You want to you want to do that. And that's where at camp we have that benefit of not only do we train them, but we also get to influence them day to day as as they go through their um, as they go through their daily trials and tribulations and positive things at camp. So it's one of those things that I think as we as we go through it, we want to really take that into account is that the core values are something that are we're building better people. And if we can build better people in our staff, then they're going to help the, those campers become better people as well. Yeah. I feel motivated. <laughs> you motivated me. Well, that's a, that's, that's good. I motivated you for this moment in time, but it's a whole, you know, part of these camp hacker talks. It's funny. I was j- just a little sidebar. Tell the, us, Joe. Uh, starting from scratch, the the starting from scratch podcast came on in our car because in Stitcher it's just in one of my playlists, right. and it came on when the whole family was in the car. So Jen is there, and yeah. Jen is my wife. For those people who don't know, and Matthew and Kayla are my kids, um, and my my kids are of the age where they're willing to listen to me talk on a podcast, even though they know that I've heard the podcast because I it am on there. a podcast, yeah. and um. And we listened to that. We were driving somewhere. And so there was t- tons of time to listen to this hour-long podcast. And and Jen is nodding through the whole thing and, and saying, you know, this is, you know, all of these points are valid. And, and these are things that people need to know. And, and that's where 
motivation is one of those things, Gab, where, yeah, I can motivate you, but can we change the way people think, right? Can we adjust the way that they see the world? Um, and, and I think that, and I, said, I just said to Jessica, my summer camp director today, I said, you need to listen, after re-listening to it, I said, you need to listen to the Starting From Scratch podcast because it, it redefines what we can do. And if change is one of your core values to bring it back to this topic, that podcast is one that you, you can get a lot of ideas for change from. Right. Right on. I, and I agree. And I think that if we're talking about um, speakers, there's, there's two types. There's, no, well, that's not true. There's many types. But one of the two types that I want to get frustrated with is when they share vision but don't give you the tools. Um, and, uh, you know, so like the environment's important. We need to teach our campers about the environment so that they, you know, pass that on to their children, so and so and so, so forth. But then what are the tools? I find that very frustrating because I'm like, I buy into it, but I'm like, yeah. but how, tell right. me how. And I think that for, for this, what we're talking about right now with camp culture and we're talking a lot about change, uh, it, it's more when you're talking to your staff and your family, uh, families that go to your organization is is making clear what your camp culture is, defining that, which is the first thing, and then the second thing is what are the tools um, that will support that will support this camp this camp culture, and um, and that's where change can can be a little bit easily um, implemented because we can look at each tool and say is this is this working or is this not working? So, for example, for us. Uh, we want we want to create a safe environment where our campers can discover their true selves, whatever that may be, and it's probably changing moment by moment. But one of the things we realize is that not only the staff need to be welcoming, and we need to teach them how to do that, but we need to teach our returning campers on how mm -hmm. to be welcoming. Mm -hmm. So, so that's something that we implemented, which was we had to get our families on board. Can you bring your kids in two hours early? Because we want them to get that sort of excitement out of the way right. of seeing their old friends talk to them about how do we welcome other people? What does that look like? Acknowledge that it's awkward to meet new people. Why is it awkward to meet new so people? Smart. But that's kind of, and, and then that's a change. But when we approached our returning families to do that, and that's approximately, you know, you know, 300, 500 people who I don't know. I don't know numbers. Yeah. I randomly say numbers, but a lot of people, we, we hadn't had one person that said, actually, this is inconvenient for me. We won't be able to do this. They said, wow, this is a great idea. And so when we're talking to our staff members about change, and we're looking at, okay, how, how do we create an environment where, where our girls can discover really who they are? Is this program the right program for them? Because they're behind the mission, because they're behind the vision, they're part of building those tools, but you need those. We're looking at tools and not traditions. Right. Um, but traditions sometimes need to be shifted because they don't, they don't have a purpose anymore. And, you know, when we're talking about motivation and we're talking about buy-in, it's sort of like make people part of building those tools or at least looking at the tools and saying, are these useful anymore? Do we still need these or do we need to put something in place? All right. Right, that's awesome. I, I, I knew you had done that with staff gap to bring the staff in early, but I didn't know you'd done it with campers too. What an amazing, amazing idea! Yeah, really it's our cool. second year doing it, and uh, so this will be our third year. And because we had done it, this is our second year. Some of our seniors, 
they had something to add in. And it was very simple. You know, you call them. You, Skype is awesome. Let's Skype with your campers and say, okay, this is what we want to do. How do we want to – we did this last year. Can we build on this? Yeah, what would be yeah. helpful? And uh, they're part of it. And then they understand what it's going to look like and they know – and they and the reason why they want to be part of it is because they know how it feels. They want to continue that camp magic, and that's what we were talking at the beginning. Yes, you know we have our regular activities and we have our our songs and we have all of those, but that feeling that people experience uh, for campers to understand what goes into creating that they want other people to experience that as well. Right. Right. So one of the themes that I pick up from stuff you've both said and, and um, thinking about, you know, the camps I was at this summer that I went to visit that were doing such awesome things is part of building a camp culture to my mind is as a director um, being willing to challenge anything that happens and being open to, ch open to change. Um, but what I think it is, is developing a mindset of being intentional about every single thing. When you know what your core values are, then you make sure that that applies to every single moment at camp. Um, and, you know, you look for every single way to make those apply. Um, because at the moment that you say, well, this is our culture, this is how we deal with things, except for this one instance where, um, I don't know, one thing that comes to mind for me all the time is is what used to happen in the 70s and 80s when I was a counselor about centering campers out and teasing them and, and or playing pranks on people um, that you know, we're a, a place of loving and culture and welcoming, but you're also going to get hazed. And so all of your teachings at that point just become negative. Like you've just proved to a child or to a first year staff member or whoever that, um, that you can't be consistent. And then that, that betrays a lot of trust. So I think that ability to be intentional about every single thing is the key to building great camp culture is to figure out ways to make those core values go through every piece of every day, um, and translate in, in all of that. The one challenge that we haven't addressed is how you do this in a non-full-time setting. Yes, you're right. Right. The the idea that, um, and this is the big thing when I think about this topic and I think about my home camp, uh, being Kenesari, I think, I think the board wants these things to happen. I understand that that the board gets what camp should be, but how do you create a culture when you're not there on a daily basis to to see it? Right. Right. And and. Um, and, you know, we sent the, – the story is this summer we sent – one of our staff was asked to, to go down and, and work a week there. And, and he came back and he's like, man, I never want to go back. He's, he said, you know, I, I don't get how they – how they're not there for kids and how they're right. – and, and I think part of that challenge and, – and that's the one thing where some of these – some of these people who might listen to this who who aren't full-time camp people but are seasonal if you're not on site how do you get all of this information to people how do you how do you make sure that those staff have a solid camp culture travis one of the best things you said to me a few years ago is you know what i say and what i preach and what i do you know on the on the podcast and whatnot when you're out with my staff on site and they forget you're there because one summer you spent three days here, so you're just this extra person. They still do exactly what I expect them to do. 
Right. Um, and they live up to those expectations even when I'm not there to see it. Um, and I'm not there at camp a lot to see it. I'm at camp. I'm just not, I don't supervise in a way that makes them afraid and they do it out of fear. We need to, how do we help these camps that aren't full-time get the staff to buy into this when there's no one there to hold them account for it? Right. And, um, so I have two thoughts about that. If you are um, a, a board member of a camp that, that runs with summer-only staff and you listen to the show, which I know a number of you do, um, there are two ways that I can see answering this question at your own camp. Um, one is if you can't have consistency in the director or the summer program director, if that doesn't go from year to year or it goes for two years at a time or and you know, and then there's one a year, one a year, one a year. If there's two ways I think you can get this culture. One is to make the training consistent. So it does mean that um, that you either have to bring in the same people to do the training or the board members have to be prepared to train those same things every year to make sure that that's consistent. Because consistently great camp culture involves consistency. You have to have the same elements. And with a, a staff that changes every year, which would be mostly, you know, volunteer run camps or a lot of the faith-based camps run smaller programs that, that can't afford a year-round staff person. I think then the, the board has to commit to, we're either going to bring in the same trainers every year um, and just, you know, for three or four years at a time. So the message becomes part of everything we do. Um, and make a, a long-term commitment to that trainer or uh, as a board member to do your part for a long-term commitment over and over again. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is that sometimes it helps to have a tool to make culture um, easy to understand. And um, my broken record speech is about how our camp culture changed when Beth came up with the four S's. So what that was, what, that gave them is um, the staff a tool to understand our expectations without us being there. And um, it would be, I think, a, an awesome tool for the kind of camp that you're talking about, Joe, to implement the four S's and make it, make it their camp culture because it, um, it had such a profound impact on, on our own culture. And it also allows you as a board member to have some confidence in the decision-making. So for those of you just joining recently, you haven't heard about the four S's in order to get to do anything at camp, you had to say yes to all four questions. Is it safe? Does it build another person's self-esteem? Um, is it good stewardship of the environment? And are you being a servant to others? Basically the golden rule, are you putting other people's needs before your own? And if you can answer yes to those four things and you could do stuff and that was about decision-making, but really translated into a great culture. Um, because as a board member, our board didn't have to be there to know that the staff, summer staff were going to make good decisions because they've been trained on for us as consistently for years. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's one of the keys is that when you, when you have a solid, small poster, it's almost like you, you can put that up anywhere so that staff are, and train on that and, and get them into that mindset um, that if it doesn't, then it doesn't happen. Right. Okay. Well, I, was just, I was just going to say, and that's, that sort of, uh, it's a little bit ahead of the times you guys did that quite a while ago. And um, um, the Canadian government is starting to implement these sort of, 
these self-guided uh, guidelines instead of saying do's and don'ts. It's more about let's we want you to make your decisions. Um, let's base it on these on these uh, norms that we've all agreed upon. And uh, I've said it before. Waro has completely implemented uh, the four S's, um, but changed changed the words a little bit. Um, and I think that. What's really, really great is that it's it's not just about being respectful of each other, but it's also about raising each other's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So you're not just... And I think that's been a very, very helpful one for us uh, within our staff and our campers, that they understand that their behavior is not just to be respectful, but it's also to uh, make people feel good about themselves. And yes. that help, that's helped with a lot of the changes, uh, you know, with, you know... Uh, a while back, you know, ghost stories were were still acceptable at camp. But does this does this raise people's, you know, health, uh, emotional safety? And not really. So it really added to a lot of shifts, and it's a great guideline. I would definitely recommend people to look look at it and use it in the way that makes sense to them. But it's simple and it's clear, and it also teaches um, campers and staff to problem solve, which is. And make their own decisions, which is that's you know life life lessons that we're hoping all of our um, staff and campers are learning from from the different camps that they're attending. Yeah, one of the one of the great when it comes to being intentional at summer camp, you don't find many better than Beth Allison at that. Um, looking at every aspect of it, um, and one of the things that Beth says that that makes so much sense to me as it applies to camp culture is that. Um, one of the really the biggest problem in the world is in terms of how people get along is, is all self-esteem related. Um, and if you have people who have good self-esteem, then they are not going to be bullies or do other things to, to raise themselves up by putting others down, etc. And, and if you're a, a young camp director and want to think about a way to establish yourself as a good camp leader and develop a good camp culture, then I would advise you start at always looking at how does this build other people's self-esteem? Um, and that is such a transformational idea um, in camping and building a culture that staff respects, that parents admire, etc. That's one of the things I think it'd be a good key place to start looking at building camp culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Gab, do you have any of the final thoughts about camp culture, developing, building a good camp culture before we move on? I think, you know, I think that really what it comes down to is, is that you're, you're picking that one, that one point, that one sort of North star, um, to follow and, and everything that you do has to help support that, that vision. And you want everybody on camp to be there because of that vision. Um, children, your kitchen staff, maintenance team and your, you know, your, your counseling staff, um, and make them part of that and, and ask them questions. Um, and, and that, I think that's the, that's the way what Joe was talking about with change. It's not, it's not cause we're saying we, you need to change that. That's the only way to have a healthy camp culture. It's, it's asking the questions, can we do it better and be helping them be part of that? I think is, is what's going to make your, your organization a strong one. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Any final advice from you, Joe? 
camp culture, I think, is about that consistency. And it's one of the things we've discussed here in London Conference with United Church Camps. And that consistency is the camps that are most successful currently are the camps that have a consistent camp director. Mm. The camps that are like us full time and uh, like Camp Bimini, which is they've had Carol for, for close to 10 years as well. I think the the having something solid to hang your hat on the four S's is, is another really strong point and how to train those staff and put in the time, potentially as board members or other, consistently having someone come in to train with those expectations. Um, and I agree, camp culture is something that is ever evolving as well. Uh, because if you get stuck in one camp culture, then you're going against the whole concept of change as it is. So as we move forward, we'll keep growing and 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 seeing where this where it leads us and how how these people and and how this generation changes what we see as well. Nice, great. Well, thank you both for some great ideas. It's now then time for us to move on to our tool of the week. Tool of the week. For those who may be just joining us on YouTube or found the show on iTunes or Stitcher, um, our tool of the week is something that each one of us believes helps us become a better camp director, a tool that helps us with that. So um, we have some uh, great tools today. I wonder, Gab, if you could start us off um, with this awesome tool. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, Joe mentioned it a little bit uh, in the podcast, Back on Track. This is a, a tool that um, Beth Allison has put together. She's on the um, on the Camp Code podcast that I'm on as well. And it's featured on Camp Hacker. And, and basically, uh, the reason why I chose it for today is that it, it does help um, organizations to evaluate their camp culture and where it's going. And it's a wonderful tool to do with your staff members especially your leadership team staff members after the summer or coming into the new summer and, and seeing where do we need to implement change and have, have a good, good reasons behind why we're doing those changes. Um, I, I think it's very, very cle- clear and it's, and it's really user-friendly and that's why I like it. I think that it, it, it explains things in a way that, that can help you explain things to your staff. Uh, so I really like it, and uh, I think you should pick it up. You can get it digitally, and I think you can print it as well. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a both. great tool. I really liked it, yeah. Thanks, Gab. No problem. Yeah, our staff just went through a one-day workshop with Back on Track. So, and we, the question I then put to my summer director was, can we use this tool similarly with camp, to do a camper parent um, one-day retreat as well? Nice. It's just, I it's think just you good can. to try. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Joe, you've got a, a great tool that I use all the time. I do, and I'm glad that it can be my tool today. <laughs> uh, Travis introduced me to this maybe a month ago. It's called Canva.com. And what Canva.com is, I just used it this morning actually to create a new, every month I put a new backdrop on my wallpaper on my computer and I used it to, to do that this morning. But I've used it to promote ThinkCamp, to promote our, our uh, Because of Camp segment, which is um, something we do at Pierce Williams and I've used it to, to create numerous promotion things. It's a, it's a graphic, it makes graphic design accessible to almost anybody. So I've shared it with my office admin person who's not a 
um, a graphic design person. And Canva really allows you to make something look really nice um, without having to do all of the little things that graphic designers know have to happen um, for it to work. It doesn't fully replace graphic design by any means uh, for me uh, <laughs> because what I want graphic design to do is much different than, but it's a very simple, easy tool to put words on a poster to, to make a, 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 a selection of different photos. It's, it's very handy. Right on. And it's free. And it is free. I think, do you still need to be invited, Travis? Is that the... I don't think so anymore. I think it's open to to anyone. Yeah, so it's great. It's well worth the time. It's, and you can create something in a matter of two or three minutes that looks very professional and is very high quality. And it's free as long as you use your own photos and whatnot. <laughs> if you start using some of their paid stuff, I think it's 99 cents per thing for their stuff. So. Exactly oh, how they really make their cool. money is the stock images that go with it for 99 cents each. I'm on it right now. It's really yeah. awesome. Just the opening page is really fun. Uh, <laughs> <to> <laughs> you guys keep talking. I'm okay. That's going to be doing design stuff. <laughs> right on. Um, my tool is, uh, I often talk about getting stuff into your brain faster. Those are often my tools. And this is one I thought I'd done before, but I can't find it. So if, uh, if it's a repeat, my apologies, it's, um, from a company called Enounce, E-N-O-U-C-E. Um, and the app is called my speed and it just installs a small little app on your computer that allows you to watch videos faster. So I've, I've, I've talked about, I know for sure I've used a tool of the week on the iPad that does the same thing that you can watch a video on the iPad sped up. You can change the speed, but if you're doing some, you know, need to learn something as part of an ongoing project, sometimes you need the things to go a little bit faster. This uh, puts that, ability on your computer. So YouTube Vimeo videos, you can watch at a faster speed. So I find most videos, you can still take notes and, and get stuff out of it. If you listen to it at you know 1.7 or 1.8 times the, the regular speed and still comprehend it. And it's also, um, the voices sound pretty normal. Um, in the things so they, they pitch shift it back into a normal pitch. So um, cool tool for getting through a bunch of training for doing evaluating. If you're looking at YouTube videos for something, evaluating a product or something, you just use it that way and, uh, allows you to get through things. It also worked this morning on videos that a client sent me on Google drive. I was able to get through those faster, um, because they played on my browser. Um, and it went through faster that way. So it's really cool that, that thing. So it's, uh, called Enounce my speed and it's available online. If you go to our show notes, you can see all of these tools of the week. Um, and you can search through each show in, uh, in, in a world where I had a bit more time, I'd love to create a page just called tools of the week on on camp hacker where we collect all these because i know people love the tools and this really why I, I chose to put it in the podcast because i love the idea of sharing cool little things that help out and um so i encourage you to go check out the old shows and look through to the the tools that are in each one of the show notes from each show so that's all again available at camphacker.tv slash podcast 
before we move to uh, to say goodbye to Gavin to Joe, I just want to encourage you to go to camphacker.tv slash iTunes, um, and that will open up the iTunes account, um, open up your iTunes account and give you a chance to... Um, to write a review for our show and reviews and ratings help so much as a podcaster, because it's really the only way that people get some social proof as to whether or not a show is worth listening to. Um, I think consistency is one and and we're really pleased to be um, entering into our third quarter century uh, of shows. This, this being our 76th show. Um, But it's nice to hear from people outside of the the podcast producers, um, whether they like the show. So we've had some great, reviews um from some very consistent listeners that we um really appreciate and if you go to camphacker.tv slash itunes that's uh that's really helpful to us so uh that wraps up our our discussion about building great camp culture today we thank you very much for listening uh what i want to do is just give our hosts a chance to let you know how to get in touch with them before we wrap things up so joe i really appreciate you being on today it's been awesome Thanks. If people want to find out more about what I do, they can go to yoyojoe.com, Y-O-Y-O-J-O-E, or they can go to uh, to find out all about Pierce Williams' campisbetter.com. And, uh, yeah, all my stuff is there. Right on. Not hidden. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> You're welcome. And, Gab, where can people find out more, get in touch with you? Uh, they can uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, Gabrielle Rail, and uh, they can check out where I work at waro.com. Fantastic. Thanks, Gab, for joining us from Montreal. Yeah, no problem. Right on. And so um, we appreciate everybody joining us, and, and uh, we love all of our, our great, consistent listeners. We've had some great feedback this fall about the show. If you have any ideas for the show or topics you'd love us to copper to cover, then please email me, Travis at campbacker.tv. We also want to take a chance now, or take a chance, take a time right now um, to thank our editor and producer, Matt Hansberger, who goes in and edits these shows when we're done with them and puts them up on, on Camp Packer so they're available. Um, and he does all this as a volunteer. So we're so grateful to Matt for, for taking that project on. You certainly make Camp Packer possible. And, um, and thank you. It's been awesome having you with us for so long. Again, go to camphacker.tv slash podcast to find the show notes for the show. Thank you for listening, and thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.